0: Good morning. morning. Happy New Year. Year. Thank you. It's very kind of you. Uh, Welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Reform Church. Welcome to a new year, January 1st. Um, You guys made it. Uh, You made it. I don't know how late of a night it was for you, but um, it's good to see you this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online, and for those of you who may be part of the later crowd, welcome. To those of you joining us after the fact at some point this week, Happy New Year uh, to all of you as well, from home, wherever you are today. Uh, As we are gathering, uh, the Lord has made a beautiful sunny day, and that is, man, that feels like a real gift uh, to start this new year. I'm going to take it as a sign of things to come, right? Who's with me? Um, Anyway, uh, as we start worship this morning, a reminder for those of you who are in town visiting, for those of you who are new to our congregation or whom we haven't seen in a while, welcome. I'm glad that you could be with us. When we worship, we use a printed liturgy, and the things that we sing and say will be on the screens as well or your little picture in picture at home. It's a new year. It's a new season of life for many of us. And we find that many folks are coming back to church after a while. They are looking for a church home after a time of being away. And we recognize that for some of you, this is new. And we're glad that you could be with us today. And we pray that the Lord would bless you you your part of the journey. And we're glad that we could walk with you. As we start, it is still Christmas. I know it's a new year. But in the church calendar, we get 12 whole days of Christmas because you cannot possibly exhaust all of the good news about christmas in just the one day so we get 12 days which is where that funny song comes from about the partridge and the pear tree and so today we get to do some more singing of christmas carols and we get to hear more good news about jesus who came into the midst of a world like ours so brothers and sisters would you rise in body and spirit let's worship together good
1: morning, good morning. Good morning. the lord be with you Friends, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light.
2: All those in of the light is gone.
1: Jesus Christ is our life and light. Come and All those who come from near and far, those who thirst for God. Come
2: those who are full of joy and hope, those
1: hollowed out by grief and loss. Come and worship. Those who doubt his presence, those who are certain of where to find him. Come and worship.
2: Through the grace of God's Holy Spirit. Amen. Star to guide the Magi to Child Jesus. We lose track of it and get lost in the dark. Forget
1: Lord, you brought eternal life to us clothed in human flesh. We reduce Christmas to plastic things and get wrapped up in ourselves.
3: Have mercy on us, Lord. loving Father. You gave your Son into the hands of a world at war. Our hearts are hard and
0: the wars around us are out of mind. Forgive us, Lord,
2: and move us to compassion for those who suffer. Cast out our sin
1: and enter in. be born in us today. Let's take a moment in a silent confession. The Lord God declares good news to you. At one time we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing and the rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured it out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs who have the hope of eternal life. every day to the Son, Jesus, because He has saved us from our sins.
2: Amen.
1: So I'd like to invite the deacons to come up for our. our Bulletin. There's a QR code. Um, You can use that, or you can give the baskets that come around. Let's pray. Lord God, Maker of the heaven and earth, we join together this morning to praise you. You are eternal, with no beginning or end, Lord. You made us, and you're working your purposes out in our world and in our lives. We bring you this offering this morning of our time, talents. And our money, please use it to further your kingdom, Lord, and glorify your name. We praise you in this new year, whatever the future holds. We know that it's held in your hands. Amen. Mm. We're going to pass um, the peace of Christ And this is a very real time Where if you look around Everyone take a moment Take a look to your left and right These are your brothers and sisters in Christ, friends and So let's pass this peace uh, to each other Whether it's a a handshake or a wave Pass the peace So the the peace of Christ is with you It's also with you Kids, street age kids, uh, ages 4 through 2nd grade to come up. You're invited to come up to be dismissed. you got to be really loud when it's your turn, though. <laughs> <laughs> People of God, what is our prayer? The Lord, continue to show us your wonderful, never, never stopping, never being enough, enough always, and forever love. Amen. The Lord be with you. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus.
4: Uh, Good morning. My name is Dawn, and I am one of the elders here at Pleasant Street. And it's my honor and my privilege to lead us in prayer this morning. Um, I don't know how many of you stayed up really late last night or how early you got out of bed this morning, but I was up early enough to be able to see the sun coming up this morning. And it struck me today that um, the sun came up this morning, and it just seemed particularly bright. And uh, Matthew Redmond's 10,000 Reasons came to mind. Um, you know, the beginning line, the sun comes up, a new day dawning. And today, not only was it a new day, but the beginning of a new year. And it just it struck me. So if you were able to see it and share it, Um, I'm happy for you as well. The rest of you, you'll just have to trust me, I guess. Um, As I lead us in prayer this morning, um, a song that that came to mind, you can tell where my um, love language is, I guess, music means a lot to me, and a song that I thought about and you will find incorporated in today's prayer is, Oh God, our help in ages past. And it seemed particularly meaningful at the end of a year and the beginning of a new year. So if you would bow your heads and join me in prayer. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, we humbly come before you today at the close of one year and standing on the threshold of a new year. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your faithfulness, which extends from generation to generation, and for your mercy and grace, which know no end. A thousand ages in your sight are like an evening gone, short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. Jesus Messiah, this week we have remembered and celebrated your first coming to earth in the form of a helpless baby. We have gazed in awe at the lights and at the manger scene. We have heard with excitement the words of the angels to the shepherds. We have bowed with the shepherds, taking in, but admittedly not fully grasping the wonder and promise lying before us. Lord Jesus, we are overwhelmed by your love for us, a love poured out through your incarnation, giving up all that was holy and perfect and ordered in heaven You humbled yourself to take on our flesh and live in our messy and dirty lives, all so that you could ultimately die a death that we, and not you, deserved. As the wrapping paper, ribbons, and gifts are put away, help us, Jesus, to live each day in the light of your incredible gift to us, the gift of an eternity to be spent in your presence. Prince of Peace, we ask that in this year ahead of us, you would, using us as your servants, restore peace in our broken world. Bring peace to those living in war-torn countries. The Middle East and Ukraine are heavy on our minds. Bring peace in the United States, as opinions, suspicion, policies, and pride have divided a country claiming to be united. Bring peace within our own community and families, we pray where pride, jealousy, and a lack of concern for our brothers and sisters have divided and created estrangement. Father, forgive us for the roles that we have played in creating chaos where you created order. Loving Father, over this past year we have suffered loss. Many families have had to say goodbye to beloved parents, grandparents, children, and friends. We grieve this morning with Shirley B. and her family in the passing of Gordon K. on Friday. Holy Spirit, Comforter, we ask that you would fill the voids in the hearts of those who are grieving. And even as we pray today, Father, we remember those whose time on this earth is coming to a close. We pray for Oscar, Thalia, Brian, and Larry as they care for Henny. Thank you for the gift of this time together and we ask that you would surround them with your peace in these days. We live in the hope of your promises that those who have gone on before us have been welcomed into your presence for eternity and that we will one day be reunited to live with and praise you forever. What a blessed assurance. Merciful God, we humbly bring before you all those who are struggling with illness and injury. We think of Cindy H., Karen S., Hank and Bev E, Carol L, and the many other family and friends who are living with chronic or terminal diagnoses. Jesus, we boldly ask in confidence for miracles on their behalf, for we know that nothing is outside of your power. We also ask that you would give them strength to continue with treatments and to endure the side effects that often accompany treatments. We thank you for successful surgery for Deb V, and ask that your hands would guide the surgeons this week as Bill V undergoes lumbar surgery. Be also with those who are struggling with seasonal illnesses and viruses. Mighty healer, bring full health and restoration back to these brothers and sisters, we pray. We thank you for doctors, nurses, EMS workers, and so many others who care for those who are sick and injured. Protect them and give them the strength to care for others especially when the hours are long and the needs seem overwhelming. Father, we also remember today our elderly and shut-in brothers, sisters, and family members. Alice C., Mike B., Theona T., Ellie V., Jenny B., Joy B., Nellie D., Babe N., Art W., Arthur and Henrietta H., As each day turns into the next with seemingly no difference and their world seems so confined at times, we pray that they would feel your presence and know that they are held in your hands. Move us to reach out and remind them that they are remembered and loved by us and overwhelmingly by you. Jesus, Messiah, as we journey through this season of epiphany and think further about your life as one of us on this earth, Keep our eyes focused on your mission and the reason for your coming, to redeem us to yourself and to be, for us, the once and for all sacrifice of all our sins. As we celebrate today around your table and share in this meal, remind us of your sacrifice and of our place and belonging in the communion of saints. Thank you, Father, for this church family we call Pleasant Street Church. Thank you for each person here this morning, whether in person or joining us remotely. Thank you for our staff, worship leaders and volunteers who seek to humbly serve you. We ask your blessing on Pastor Matthew and his family as they lead us in word and by example. Impart your wisdom to Pastor Matthew as he leads our congregation and seeks to discern what you would say to us and to where you are leading us. Forever faithful God, as we set our sights on the year before us and perhaps dream and make plans for things, open our eyes and our hearts to look for the plans that you have already laid out for us from before time began. You hold our future in your hands and have promised that you know the plans you have for us and those plans are for our good. Help us to daily live out our mission to experience Christ's love, receive Christ's word, and live Christ's life. Remind us, always and forever, God, that before the hills in order stood or earth received its frame, from everlasting you are God to endless years the same. We commit ourselves to you not only this day, but every day in this new year, and we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah and Savior, we pray. Amen.
3: Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3, and then jump ahead and look at verses 8 through 23. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judah, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warmed in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled that the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Friends, good morning again. we spent this Advent letting the gospel of Matthew prepare us for Christmas, Matthew chapter 1. The story continues in chapter 2 today for the second Sunday of Christmas. Would you pray with me? Our God and Father, we began a sunny morning on the first day of a new year here, expressing that we had come to worship, that we had come here to be with you because you had come here to be with us. And we remembered together that you did this because this is your world, which you made and which you love. We remember that we are part of that world, also those whom you have made and whom you love and who you forgive. And we remember that this was expressed most clearly to us in the little town of Bethlehem, And in your coming, not with an iron scepter, but in the form of an infant in humility, to disarm a world at war and to soften our hearts so that we would know we can trust you. And gathered here now on this sunny first day of the new year, we sit before your story, telling it and hearing it as people before us have done for generations. And we ask, O God, that you who have been our help in ages past would come to us now by your Holy Spirit. That you would come and be with us in this place now, shining light, bringing warmth, giving us hope for the days and months and years ahead. You led the Magi to worship Jesus, the little child, and you preserved his life from murderous Herod. We ask that by your spirit, you would lead us to the wonder of a king of peace and justice in this world of violence and death, and that you would send us out full of new life that is stronger than than is all that is arrayed against you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. During Advent, we used Matthew to prepare us for Christmas. And if you were with us, and if you know Matthew's gospel, you will know that it may feel as though he went through all of our Christmas decorations pulling out all of the good things, no angels, no shepherds, no, 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 getting rid of all of it and leaving us with strange things in its place, things like a genealogy, things like the stories of four women whose kinds of stories we don't tell often, things like Rachel and Herod. Christmas is about good news and Jesus has come into the world and the son of God is born to the virgin Mary and his name is Jesus. Christmas is about good news. And we tell and we retell the stories of Jesus birth in Luke and in Matthew because it is the news of God's coming here to earth. The good news is a story with characters and settings and we tell this story and we set it up and we display it in our nativity sets both big and small. But there is perhaps no better way for us to capture the Christmas news than with songs. Christmas is about good news, and the Christmas carols that we have been singing sing the story of those names and characters. Christmas carols, they capture the story and the settings and the characters, but they also capture the mood of the Christmas story. With all creation, we sing the beautiful melody, Joy to the World, the Lord has come. With choirs of angels, we sing majestic major progressions of hark the herald angels sing. With Mary and the shepherds, we wonder and we muse at the mystery of this good news. What child is this who laid a rest on Mary's lap sleeping? With the magi, we trace the long and lilting journey full of longing and we three kings. Christmas is about good news, and our Christmas carols not only tell this story, but they also capture the mood of the good news, the longing and the wonder and the joy and the glory. But during the 12 days of Christmas, there is another voice in this story that we don't often hear. There are other characters who are not always visible in our nativity sets. There is a mood to Christmas that we don't often sound. It is the wailing of Rachel and the dissonance of Herod. Christmas is about good news, and yet at Christmas, the major key good news of Jesus' birth sounds into a world of minor key violence and diminished chord despair, and as a result, it creates dissonance. There is, however, a Christmas carol that captures this mood. One that I didn't learn about until recently, one that our English ancestors in the 16th century used to sing. I was not taught to sing this one as a child. It's called the Coventry Carol, and it is a lullaby sung by the mothers of Bethlehem to Herod's slain children, and I'd like to play it for you. It goes like this. The things that I find so interesting about this Christmas carol is that it's so dissonant. The chords and the themes, there are moments when they crash into each other, creating this sense that something is wrong, that something is unresolved. And of course, the notes carry the same message as the words. This is a lullaby to the slain children of Bethlehem. This is a grim Christmas song, which may seem like a contradiction to you. That's not the way that it's supposed to be, right? This is not what Christmas is supposed to sound like. All is calm, all is bright, right? I mean, Jesus, no crying he makes, and yet here is Rachel weeping, weeping, and she will not stop, she will not be consoled. The pastoral scene of a mother and father and the infant child, it gives, it gives way as the picture zooms out to a world of crushing poverty and political despots and empires that grind their will upon the earth. Jesus is born in the time of King Herod. And it does not get magically better. No, Jesus is born in the time of King Herod and Jesus and Mary and Joseph run for their lives. Which is not how we thought the story would go. Now that Jesus is here, now that this family is home for the holidays, now that it's a new year, everything was supposed to be okay. We forget. We forget that Jesus was born in the time of King Herod. This is not the sort of message that we expect to hear so co- close to Christmas Day. And yet, according to the Gospel of Matthew, this is part of the Christmas news. In Matthew's Gospel, the good news of chapter 1 is followed immediately by the mention that it is the time of Herod. Like a D-flat in the key of C major, Matthew sounds a dissonant note that carries through the rest of this story. Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and it is the time of King Herod. And the whole story itself is actually set in a strange key for Matthew's Jewish audience, because not only is this the time of Herod, but the melody right now is carried by Magi, who come from the east. When Matthew says Magi came from the east to worship Jesus, we should probably all have gasped collectively, because according to the Old Testament, they really have no right to be there. The Old Testament frequently, and in no uncertain terms, condemns people like the Magi because they are Gentiles, yes, but more so because they are astrologers, and yet God has put the good news exactly where people just like them are looking for it, in the heavens, God's good news about the birth of his son is literally written into the stars. And magi of all people, magicians, sorcerers, astrologers, Persians, they see something in the heavens way off in Persia. And like all good scientists, they have to find out what it means. This means for us that the good news is not just something that's local, a local story. It is far-reaching. It's not just good news for people who already live in or near Jerusalem or Bethlehem. It's not just news for those who we would think are likely candidates for it. The Christmas good news, it echoes all the way to the ends of the earth. It is global. No more than that, it is cosmic because God writes it into the created order, and these foreigners are able to decipher the language And so when they go on their long and expensive trip in order to follow this star to some unknown destination, we can almost hear the pleading and the ache, the notes of longing being played out by their journey. They are looking for something. Matthew is sounding notes that we hear resonate in our soul too. Matthew is reminding us of the things that we long for as well, that this Messiah who saves us from our sins, he comes not just to be Israel's king, but the king over all of the earth. The blessings on Abraham were always meant to spill over to the nations of the world, and Israel failed to be such a light. But the good news is that The nations have seen the cosmic light, and they have come, represented now by these magi. The magi's journey takes them all the way to Jerusalem to look for the child, and innocently they go to Herod. They assume that he knows the news. Herod does not know the news. The news comes as a surprise to Herod. Jerusalem cowers because bad things happen when King Herod gets surprised. Herod has been known to be more violent over less. By this point in his life, Herod has killed the two rulers that came before him and all of their supporters, his brother-in-law, his mother-in-law, his favorite wife, Mariamne, his three eldest sons. Herod has put in place by this time a secret plan so that when he dies, all Jewish nobility will also be killed, thus ensuring genuine mourning in Jerusalem for his death. Herod is the one about whom Caesar Augustus made a pun in Greek, saying that it would be better to be Herod's pig, Hus, than his son, Huios. The longings of the Magi who want to know this king crash up against the violence of Herod. And we have a cacophony. Herod the king in his raging charged; he hath this day his men of might in his own sight. All young children to slay. We know those dissonances. This Christmas story sounds the deepest longings of our heart. We still hear the frustrations of those who cannot find what they are longing for, not really. And we still hear the discordant notes of those who know what it is like to have a hard Christmas. There is a woman that I know, and a year ago at Christmas time, she lost her husband. He was 41. They have four small kids. And this year, she finds that she cannot sit in the living room with a fresh cut Christmas tree without hearing the sounds of hospice machinery. Pine makes her nauseous. She is afraid that a tree will never smell the same again. Her floors still have salt salt stains from all of the foot traffic of last year's medical personnel. And she cannot sing a Christmas carol about the glory of a newborn king. And as I have been listening to her tell her story this Christmas time, it has created some dissonance in me. This is not the way it's supposed to go. And I had wondered and I worried, is there room in the Christmas story for someone like her? Or is it only for those whose families are whole or new or healthy? Is it only for those who are not alone? And I wasn't sure. But then I was reading Matthew, and I heard Rachel weeping, and I remembered. I remembered that, like my friend, Rachel knows what it means that Jesus was born in the time of Herod. Tish Harrison Warren is an Anglican priest who keeps a column for the New York Times. Just digest that thought for a second. And now, Tish Harrison Warren is an Anglican priest who keeps a column for the New York Times, and she wrote a Christmas Day reflection. And as part of it, she said this She said, What astounds me most about the Christmas story is not the notion that God became a baby or that God has calluses and cavities but that God actually took on our sickness, loneliness, and misery. God knows the depths of human pain, not in theory, but because he felt it himself. From his earliest moments, Jesus would have been considered a nobody, another overlooked child born into poverty an ethnic minority in a vast, oppressive, and seemingly all-powerful empire. We have tamed the Christmas story with overfamiliarity and sentimentality. We fail to notice the depth of pain, chaos, and danger into which Jesus was born. When Jesus the word moved into the neighborhood, It was not into a posh home and a cozy Christmas movie, but instead into a place of hardship and sorrow. She is, of course, helping all of us to remember this Christmas, what Matthew has been trying to tell us all along, that at Christmas, the story we tell is that Jesus is born in the time of Herod which is important for the rest of us too. Because even as we sing bright and joyful chords of Christmas good news, we also carry the notes of longing and weeping within us. The Magi's search and Herod's rage and Rachel's weeping, they sound the notes of discord and contradiction and things not being the way they are supposed to be that well up and echo and resonate within our hearts too. We have all brought with us into this first day of the new year things that seem unresolved Questions and doubts, worries and disappointments. We read the news and we will read more in the days and months ahead. We know what it is like to search high and low for the kind of joy that eludes you just when you think it is within your grasp, the kind of joy and happiness that we find out can only be found in this one very specific manger here, this one manger, which is the last place that most of us would ever think to look. We recognize the dissonance, too, because Herod is dead, but his legacy is very much alive. You know, I wondered this week, what is it that holds these two stories together, the Magi and Herod together? Or rather, why is it that Matthew wants us to see that these two stories are intertwined? Because each would be enough on its own for a sermon I wished I had picked one for a sermon. And then I saw it. Both the Magi and Herod, did you notice that they wind up asking the same question? Where is the one born king? They ask it for very different reasons, but they wind up asking the same question, and I found that very interesting because I noticed that at this Christmas, it got me to thinking about all of the dissonance that we carry around with us into each and every new year. Today, this story at Christmas, it shows us that our sorrow over the sad world and all its bad news and the ache that we feel for something that really matters, those things, they lead to the same question. Where is the one? Where is the one who is born in the time of Herod? Where is the one born in times like these? Where is the king? It's a question that sends us searching. just as it did in the time of King Herod for the Magi, who come to Jerusalem from news that they have deciphered somehow in a star. And in Jerusalem, they discover Israel's scriptures. The star in the heavens leads them to this story that God has preserved through his people, and they get to hear it for the first time. And those scriptures tell them something that scientific inquiry will not This king is not going to be born in the centers of power like Jerusalem. Go to Bethlehem. Matthew's Christmas good news is that even those who long for meaning on the other side of the world from the Christian faith, if they search long enough, they will find themselves journeying to Bethlehem because somehow all of creation points to the one who made creation and who is now lying created within it in a manger. And in our own time, the Christmas good news is light in the darkness of our own hearts as well. It sounds to us the good news of a triumphant king that will one day drown out the sorrow of weeping, even as we let it sound to the depths of our own hearts now. This is the news that we carry, my friends. This is the tune that we sing at Christmas. Many of the commentators that I looked at, they note that Matthew chapter 2 is told as a kind of travelogue. Matthew tells us about the Magi's search and Herod's rage and Jesus' flight for refuge in Egypt and their return into obscurity, and all of it is told as as a journey. It begins in the time of Herod in the city of Bethlehem, and it ends in this bumpkin town called Nowheresville, Nazareth. And in between Bethlehem and Nazareth, the Christmas story journeys from Persia to Bethlehem to Egypt to Bethlehem to Nazareth, and all along the way, there is emotional journeying too. There is a travelogue of the whole of human experience. As we read this story, we see Jesus carrying joy and sorrow and fear and loneliness and weariness and hope and wonder and doubt and misery. And all of these things are gathered up like something he is carrying each step of the way, held together in their dissonance. And it reminds me of something that Paul said about himself and about us as people who believe this story. He said, we always carry around with us the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus could also somehow be revealed. Dissonance. Matthew would have us carry this news with Jesus through the rest of the gospel, just just as the scriptures point. Herod to the town of Bethlehem, so too does Matthew point us toward Egypt of all places and then out of Egypt and then to Nazareth and then out of Nazareth until finally the journey takes us all over Galilee and lands us in Jerusalem. Because the good news, my friends, is that Jesus' whole coming is a travelogue. Jesus does not come to loiter. He comes to journey from Bethlehem to Egypt, from Egypt to Nazareth, and from Nazareth all over his world, and finally to Jerusalem. And it's as if Matthew keeps saying that all of this is happening according to God's plan, a plan that began with a birth under the shadow of death, one that will be marked By sorrow and suffering each step of the way until it culminates in a death. His death at our hands. One commentator put it like this. He said, for Jesus to live now in this part of the story, innocence must die. For all to live hereafter, the innocent Jesus must die. For that is where the good news of Christmas finds its crescendo and resolve. Jesus' face set like flint goes to Jerusalem, the place where they kill the prophets, and from Jerusalem to a cross on Golgotha Hill. In the sounds of his gasping, by faith we hear and breathe new life. In the cold ping of nails piercing his hands, we can hear our shackles being unlocked. In the silence of the one who will not defend himself before Pilate, we are hearing God pronounce our acquittal. To the violence that rages in our hearts for all injustice in this world, We hear the Lord say, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And in the sounds of Mary's weeping for her son hanging on a cross, God says, see, I am making all things new. It is the sound of everything sad coming untrue. It is the promise of resolve that can come only from new notes and a new heart and a clean slate. It is the sound of bread being broken and wine poured in a chalice. And they are the sounds of good news for you, for you. For you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord God, through your servant Matthew, you have set before us the story of your birth and entrance into the world, and it does not play out the way that we thought it would. We are in good company, for this is the experience that all who have come to follow Jesus have found themselves puzzling over. You do not come the way that we expect, and yet you have come. and You are here. Lord, at the start of this new year, carrying all the things from last year with us that we have Wondering about what we will find in this new one, help us to know that we do not have to move on from Christmas as though it was a blip, and now we are left on our own to figure it out. Help us to know that we do not move on from Christmas, but instead the story of Christmas is that it has come to move with us, or rather, by faith, for us to move with it, with him, with Jesus, who is on the move, making all things new, even now. We pray this in your name. Amen. Just as God has come to be with us, so to now we come to this table, which he has prepared to feed us. And for some of us, we gather around this table here physically in this sanctuary. For others of us who are at home, who cannot be with us, who wish that they could, who are traveling and away, you may be around your own table or other tables, but whatever table that you are at, this is the table of the Lord, and he has prepared it for all those who love him and trust in him. And everything is ready. And so, my friends, would you come and eat? Yeah, there we go. Forgot my notes. Excuse me one moment. As we prepare to take communion together today, we will say together a prayer of thanksgiving. If uh, the elders will be serving elements to you, both bread and juice simultaneously, we'll take those together. If you would prefer single-serve packaged elements, we have those as well. Uh, When we distribute, please just raise your hand, and I can bring those to you. Friends, let's pray together. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Pray with me. Almighty God, you are our creator and our redeemer. We gather around your table today like those who came in wonder to your son's manger. Generous God, you continue to gather men and women, kings and working people, Jews and Gentiles, heaven and earth to the place where our humanity and your divinity meet. Lord God, you came in the fullness of time and you came in the fullness of love. Though we took up arms against you and one another, you disarmed us by coming here as a defenseless baby. As his arms were tied in swaddling clothes, so later his hands were nailed to the cross. Lord God, you did not spare your son human sorrow and suffering. Instead, he knew exile while still an infant. And as he and his parents escaped to safety, when so many other children went to death. Years later in Jerusalem, he went to death, that all your children might live with you in resurrection glory. And so, we give you thanks, praising you with angels and archangels, proclaiming your glory together, saying, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Let's pray. Blessed in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. God of new birth, as you laid your son in Mary's arms, you place these gifts of bread and wine in our hands. Sanctify your church to be as fragile and tender and true as the infant Savior. Send down your Holy Spirit that this bread and this cup may be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, at supper with his disciples, gave us this memorial of his sacrifice until he comes again. On the night of his arrest, before he suffered, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is for you. Do this. To remember me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and, after giving thanks to God, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the new covenant which is sealed in my blood and poured out for you and for many. Whenever you drink it, do this to remember me. For friends, whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again in glory. Friends, great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. God of power revealed in weakness, come quickly to those who wait for you. God of glory, make your church a sign of newborn hope in your kingdom. Be born in us today. Where your children are faced with ruins, show them redemption. Where sorrows endure, bring your mighty comfort. Where division excludes, give your reconciling grace. Restore our hope in you until the day when all that you have made finds its everlasting destiny in the glory of your only Son, when nothing in heaven or on earth falls outside your redeeming purpose, and when all things shall be full of grace and truth in you, because you are all in all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord has prepared this table for all those who love him and trust in him alone for their salvation. All who sincerely believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are sorry for their sins, and who desire to live in obedience to him are invited to come now with gladness to the table of the Lord. For friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. I want to invite our elders and our worship team to come up as they help us to celebrate this meal together. That the body of our Savior Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Brothers and sisters, take, drink, remember, and believe that the blood of our Savior was shed for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Brothers and sisters, the same Lord who would not spare his own son but gave him willingly, and the son who chose this path willingly in concert with the Father also sends you with a blessing, not just food, bread and wine, and a story, but the promise that God's face now shines upon you because Jesus has come and because he gave his life so that we could live, and that face turned toward you looks upon you no matter where this year will take you. Friends, would you rise in body and spirit and receive God's parting blessing? Friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Let's go singing. Praise to the Lord. Joyful, joyful.
1: Jesus Christ.